and welcome to the World of Emotions and the Emotion Focus podcast, a series all about emotions, how they work for us, how seemingly sometimes they don't work for us, and how we might better understand that and maybe be able to do something about it. I'm Lou Cooper. I'm your host. I'm in Nam, Melbourne, Australia. And in this series, I'm joined by people from around the globe who have dedicated a large proportion of their professional lives to the exploration of emotions. Everything you hear on this podcast is informed by emotion theory and emotion-focused therapy. I'm sure I'm not the only one here who has had the experience of being in conversation with someone and then at some point realizing that I haven't heard a word that the other person has said for the last, I don't know, minute, I don't know how long it was because I just wasn't present. And it's likely that if I haven't heard what they've said, I haven't heard their words, I also haven't been present to their emotions. And that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. I'm joined by Dr. Shari Geller, who is a clinical psychologist and co-director of the Centre for Mind-Body Health in Toronto, Canada, and the co-author of the book Therapeutic Presence, A Mindful Approach to Effective Therapy. Lovely to speak to you again, Shari. Great to speak to you, Lil. Wonderful to be with you on your amazing podcast. So, as we're talking about presence, it's much more, isn't it, than just hearing words? Yeah, hearing words is probably the smallest part of being present. I mean, you're particularly talking about being present in relationships, it sounds like, because there's yeah. being present with ourselves, and then there's being present with others, and then being present with our surroundings. So in relationship and listening to people, Words are part of it, but it's also listening with my body to their body, listening to their facial expressions, paying attention to what their body expressions are, what they may be feeling, you know, sensing them with, with myself and with my presence. Where would you like to start with this, Shari? Maybe we should start with just what is presence? What is being present? And part of that is bringing our full awareness and attention to one, to our, if it's ourselves, to our experience, to our emotions, whatever we feel when we feel it, and being with our experience and ourselves with kindness, with compassion, with awareness. And that extends to relationships, being present with the other person, bringing our physical, our emotional, our mental, our whole body, our, our spiritual self even in relationship with others. Um, and even when we're engaged in a task, it means being fully with what we're doing while we're doing it. You were talking about that example of, you know, listening to someone and realizing I didn't hear a word they said. And for the last minute or however long, I mean, that can happen sometimes even driving you're just somewhere else it's like oh wow where am i what am i doing kind of a dissociated moment or or doing some work and actually our mind is thinking about this argument that happened at home or otherwise so maybe we just 
start with that basic kind of ability to be with our experience and our emotions and where what we're engaged in as fully as we can. If we're present to ourselves, Shari, is that going to transfer almost automatically to being able to be more present to others? That's a very good question. And I wish I could say an easy yes, <laughs> but I think that it provides the groundwork because being present with myself allows me to then be present with someone else. But I could be so self-absorbed with myself that I'm not actually present with someone else. How do you know if you're self-absorbed or present to yourself? I think self-absorption has more of a mental quality where we're thinking and wondering and kind of ruminating and worried, where being present with myself, I feel more of an energy and aliveness, the connection with my body, a connection with what I'm feeling as I'm feeling it. There's an aliveness that's there that's maybe a bit different from self-absorption. How do we go about it, Shari? Well, I think one level is to notice when we're not present, to just bringing our awareness to ourselves, to our body, to our emotions, you know, from a moment to moment kind of experience. And then noticing when we're not there, we're like you said, I'm in that conversation or I'm, you know, somewhere else thinking about lunch or worrying about what's coming down the pike later at work or otherwise. And kind of naming it, oh, there I am, not present, and bringing myself back to feeling my feet on the ground or some touchstone in my body or, or perhaps breath. I mean, mindfulness practice, for example, is a really helpful way of bringing our awareness into the moment and having a way of doing that. And what mindfulness is, is first of all, just being aware of our experience or what we're doing as we're doing it and noticing when we're not present or aware and inviting ourselves back again first to a touchstone it could be feeling my feet on the ground it could be my breath it could be the touch of my hand on my heart and then using that as a way of bringing my awareness back to the moment if we're with someone that is not present or someone that is present is it always very clear to us that that's, that's how it is, that the person is present or not present? You know, what's the impact of, of presence on others? Yeah, I mean, on a very general level, I think presence is one of the greatest gifts we can give to another, bringing ourselves fully to the engagement with them and really just listening, just being there, um, really attuning to what the experience is. I think when I know when someone's not present to me, Maybe it's less important if I'm talking about something very benign or not that important, but if I'm talking about something deeply emotional and someone, I feel them not there, like you can see in their face they're somewhere else or they what they say is completely out of touch with what I'm sharing, um, it can make me feel very shut down, not very safe to open up more. It's, it's like a little wall goes up and... It's like, okay, bye-bye, I'm going to get back to the surface conversation and not really share more vulnerably. So I think being present with another and their experience really helps them to feel safe and helps them to feel really heard and felt so that they want to open more, so that they can express more, and then there's more connection in the relationship itself. 
it's a deliberate thing as you describe it. There needs to be an effort made to be present. I mean, I'm at the moment, Shari, trying to be really present to you. Obviously, we we don't have vision. I can't see you. I'm listening to you. But even through, you know, through the internet as we speak to each other, there's more than that, isn't there? There's more than just me listening to you. Yeah, I think you're right on when you're talking about sensing the other person or, you know, with each other right now. I mean, not having our visual, you know, we saw each other for a moment when we started out and then we turned off our cameras and all of a sudden I had a bit of, okay, I have to regather myself and come back into myself and then hear your voice. I know you, Lou. I feel, you know, a good feeling when I'm with you or when we're connected. So that kind of opens up. And then I'm listening to not just what you're saying, I'm listening to your tone of voice. I'm imagining you here in our conversation. Um, I'm getting a kind of sense of your wanting to understand a little bit more about presence. You know, there's so much more involved. And it is, you know, a very simple topic that's a very complicated kind of experience, especially when we're talking in this kind of a way. I'm trying not to look at the screen, which is a dark screen, right? Because it's actually making me disconnect. And, you know, we talk, we're talking about being present, but actually what I'm aware of often is when I'm not present and the things that take me away from being present. So the screen, for example, if you were on visually, I would feel way more connected because you're not visually on. I have to take my eyes away because there's poles, there's tabs, there's other things going on that can pull my attention. So instead, I'm just standing here feeling my feet on the ground, listening and imagining you with me. But it, it is a very sensory kind of experience. And I think it's hard. I'm going to go, you know, talk a little bit about the challenges. This is not an easy kind of experience, especially in today's day, when there are so many poles out of the moment. You know, and technology is a big one, our big to-do tasks, um, the cell phone. You know, if you want to show someone you're not present when you're with them, pick up your cell phone. That's a great way of actually disconnecting and giving a message of I'm not really fully listening. And yet I'm saying that a bit facetiously, but you see it a lot. You go into restaurants, people, couples, people are sitting together looking at their phones, you know, at the same moment or you know, we spin around with mentally things that take us away in the moment, but there are so many pulls outside of our own internal world. So being present, kind of what you said before, is very intentional. And when we come back to ways to do that mindfulness practice, for example, are practices that intentionally bring our attention to the present moment, to what we're experiencing in the present moment. And it's an intentional act because we tend to get a bit overloaded. So having ways to be able to invite ourselves back when we are without judgment, which is hugely important because we can also get into, oh, we're not present, you know, look at what's going on. And, you know, I'm never like, forget it. I'm somewhere else, but actually, oh, there I am without judgment. I'm thinking about this paper I have to write or thinking about something else invite myself back, have an anchor of awareness and come back into the moment. 
So, Shari, I'm wondering, as people are listening to this, you know, they may be driving, they may be walking out for a daily walk or whatever. They may be, I don't know, cooking or they may be about to go to sleep. I don't know. But people will be doing all sorts of things right now as they listen to this. And I'm wondering whether you could give us um, I don't know, some kind of practice to use in any of those circumstances to try and bring ourselves back, as you describe it? Sure. Well, one of the first steps is just to pause. So just pausing wherever you are in all those different possibilities plus more, taking a moment just to take perhaps a couple breaths with long exhalations, if that's available to you, or Maybe even just feeling your feet in contact with the ground if you're sitting or you're standing. And then, you know, taking a moment to just check in with yourself. How am I right now? What do I notice in my physical body? What am I experiencing? And just noticing without judgment, with awareness, oh, there's a bit of discomfort or tension. Just bring in some kind, warm awareness. And noticing what's true in your emotional body. Just checking in. What am I feeling right now? What do I notice? Without judgment. Oh, I'm a little tense or a little stressed or I feel excited. And then you can also bring awareness to what am I engaged in right now? Am I cooking, as Lou said? Am I driving? Am I just sitting and relaxing? And just kind of pay attention to what's in front of you if you're cooking, noticing the foods or the the colors, the sensations. If you're driving, it might be the hands on your wheel, what's on the road around you or your body held by the chair. And if you're just sitting and relaxing, just feeling the chair or the couch holding you up. Feeling your body sitting there. Just bringing awareness to your experience in the moment. Without judgment, just bringing a very kind awareness. And then coming back once again to breath. Feeling the rhythm of your breath as it's moving through the center of your body. Maybe taking two or three full breaths again with long exhalations. And then inviting yourself back to the dialogue between Lou and I. Bring in your Not just your listening ears to the words, but to the tone of voice, to the sounds, to the what you're feeling as you're listening to this podcast or as you're listening even to the practice. How did you feel after that just really brief awareness practice? Thank you, Shari. I was engaging in that with you. And it's amazing how much is going on that we don't notice if we don't pay attention to it. 
So what did you notice, Lou, as you were brought your awareness a little bit more in that practice? What were you aware of? Well, <laughs> the first thing I noticed is that my feet are not flat on the ground. They're sort of propped against the legs of the chair. So it's almost like I'm on tiptoes. That was the first thing. I went, what, what am I doing with my feet? That was what I noticed first. And then I turned my attention to my breath. And that felt, it was in that moment that I felt calmer and I felt, I felt more present to myself. So breath is important, yes? It is, although for some people, breath is uncomfortable and bringing awareness in that way. And that's absolutely okay. So breath is one anchor to bring your awareness to. But sometimes touch, like you felt your feet on the ground or your toes on the chair or feeling your body on the chair. Or sometimes sound can be an anchor of awareness. Just listening, not to words, but to the sounds. You know, even now, if you took a moment, listening to the sounds in the environment that you're in. And it only takes a moment, doesn't it? I mean, it only takes a moment, as you said, to just check in with yourself, to pause. And it doesn't matter what you use to do that, but it is that pause and that checking in that's the the part that brings you more present. Yeah, and I think it also, practice makes presence. The more often we do that kind of checking in, the more we can come and access that experience of what we're feeling in the moment and bring ourselves back. And I think the other important piece is, and I said this in the practice subtly, but just to highlight, to bring non-judgment to that moment, to the moment of awareness. So even if your awareness is, oh, I'm not present, just notice that without judgment. And this, I'm, I'm, I'm aware that there will be quite a few therapists listening to this. And of course, this is really important and a, a very deliberate practice that therapists need to engage in because we, we want our clients to leave a session feeling that their therapist was really there with them. I mean, certainly not answering the phone or checking their phone in any way. We want clients to leave feeling heard and seen and the therapist was there for them, which means that the therapist is there for themselves as well, is present to themselves. Absolutely. Because especially in therapy, we need to be able to feel our own experience to A, know when we're not in the moment, but to B, resonate with clients' experience so that we get a felt sense of them. And as you said, to allow our clients to feel we are there with them. If I'm sitting and yeah, in a session, I'm most therapists probably aren't overtly distracted, checking their phones or things like that, but they could be mentally distracted and clients feel that. And on the flip side of that, when we can bring our full awareness to people, and that means to their pain and the depth of the trauma and the pain they experience and be able to work with myself around how that feels in my own body to know, you know, help to understand the other, to work with what might be coming overwhelming for me, to put it aside. There's so many different ways that's hard to articulate in a two-minute kind of podcast, but in a longer time together, we'll have the opportunity to be able to talk further about this. But to be able to bring ourselves in that moment not only creates 
a neurophysiological feeling of safety for clients and feeling heard and feeling felt, but then allow them to open up further and go deeper into their experience. And it's, you know, similar to our everyday conversation, not similar, but to compare to what I said earlier in everyday conversations, if, if I'm with a friend or my partner and they're opening up and trying to share something and I'm somewhere else, they feel that and they've now shut down and talk about something very surface and we've lost a really beautiful moment together. Mm. So there are ways to turn around that I'm just not present. Thank you very much, Shari, for your time. Well, thank you, Lou. It was wonderful to be with you and be present in our virtual space from Australia to Canada. Indeed. Shari Geller, who is clinical psychologist and co-director of the Centre for Mind-Body Health in Toronto in Canada and co-author of the book Therapeutic Presence, A Mindful Approach to Effective Therapy. And you'll hear Shari on this podcast in another episode talking about compassion, self-compassion. Thank you so much for listening in. If you'd like to find out more about this podcast and the people you've heard speaking, as well as more episodes, go to our website, emotionfocused.com. <laughs>